Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Father's Rights Podcast. And today we'll be talking about the legal aspects of father's rights in relation to the child custody in the civil court. And today we have with us uh, family law practitioner Pushpa Ratnam. Hi Pushpa, welcome to the podcast. Hi Kevin, thank you so much for having me with you this afternoon. And uh, I'm just so privileged to to speak on the topic with you. Oh, I think we are privileged to have you. And uh, you know, there's so much of questions surrounding uh, child custody and all that at the moment. So maybe it's a good time for us to clarify some of these issues or some of these perceptions that we have nowadays regarding child custody. And of course, this is uh, brought to you by the Father's Rights Association of Malaysia. So we'll be uh, angling our focus towards how uh, fathers can get some help and also what they should know when it comes to these sort of issues. To begin with, maybe we can start off with something a bit more general. Can you explain to us um, what does the law actually state when it comes to a child custody when a separation or divorce happens? Okay, generally um, what happens is this, you need to take the child's age first. Let's let's focus on the child's age. So basically, if the child is under seven, the presumption is that the child is best living with the mother. So the mother is the better parent to look after the child and therefore custody care and control of the child is usually given to the mother. This is given, this is a given thing in the law. But if the child is above seven years of age, then it becomes an equal fight between the father and mother. All they need to do is prove who is the better parent, whether it's the father or the mother. So then it would become a factual fight in court. So the law is very limited. The law is very simple to understand in family law, i.e. any parent can actually make an application for custody, care and control of the child. So if it's under seven, generally the law says the presumption is that the child is best left with the mother. However, Having said that, it is what we call a rebuttable presumption in law. So if the father, for example, feels strongly that it is best for the child not to remain or live with the the mother and that he's a better parent, he needs to rebut that presumption if the child is under seven. However, if the child is above seven, then there, is no, there isn't that strenuous exercise of trying to rebut that presumption. He merely needs to show that he's equally a good father to request for joint custody maybe, or that he's a better parent and therefore custody of the child should go to him. So that's where we stand. I personally, this is my own personal uh, position, I think the position that the law should be perhaps a presumption of joint custody and only if it's shown otherwise that the custody should be given to one parent or the other. So other than that, I think the presumption should be it should be joint between the parents. That's my position. Mm -hmm. However, until the parliament changes the law and that there is more awareness about this issue, in the public, nothing is going to change. We'll talk about joint custody and what 
actually that means. Uh, but first, just a follow-up question, a couple of follow-up questions to uh, what you've just uh, presented. First of all, why seven years? Actually, I have no idea why seven years. We need to perhaps uh, ask a psycho- child psychologist. A child mm-hmm. psychologist would be a better person to, to explain why there is this cut-off age of seven. Why is it so crucial that it has to be seven? But if you ask me why given to the mother, then it's mm-hmm. easier for me to answer because if you look at the history behind it, it all starts off with the mother sitting at home, being a lot more free in the sense that that she was more able in terms of time factor to look after the child. She's inevitably it was the lady who was staying at home, not going to work. You, this is going back to many centuries. Uh, mm-hmm. You talk about the men who go out, whether it's a labor job or otherwise, they are the ones who go out there to go and work and bring home the money. Whereas the wife was there to cook, prepare food, perhaps even put it in a different carrier and give it to the husband, mm-hmm. uh, take it with you, eat, and then bring mm-hmm. back the money, that sort of situation. But yeah. when it comes to taking care of the home, it has been for centuries the work of a woman generally. In that sense, historically, if you look at motherhood and uh, mother and child relationship, it has always been associated that these two people should remain together and the mother is the best person to look after mm-hmm. the child. Can I also assume, I mean, I'm just assuming mm. here that um, religion also played a role in this uh, centuries ago when we look at, um, you know, the physiology of the woman and, you know, how they are given the, you know, whatever nature God has given them to to yeah. bring forth a child. And that's why it is to be the mother that has been given their prior rights. Can I also assume that? Possible. I mean, we. I think in Malaysia, we are all very cultural in, in every respect, whether it's a Chinese, Malay, Indian, you know, we, we are very staunch with our culture. So it is possible. We always look up to the mother first and uh, it is the even in a home, it's until today, even if you have equally uh, what you call uh, equal equal. Uh, parents who equally go out there and work and come home, somehow or other you'd find generally, generally the children running to the mother, you know, says mommy this and mommy that. And it, it, and it, if you observe it, actually the fathers tend to also be the culprits behind it because they say, go and ask your mother, go and ask your mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing, yes. you know. So eventually, yes. the, the, the children subconsciously, mm-hmm. it, is, it is embedded in them that, oh, okay, mommy is the powerful one here, you know, let, let me go and ask mommy. So it's, it's also the daddy's fault. Instead of attending to the child's problem, they'll just go and ask mommy, go and, go and show, yeah. show your problem to mommy. You know what I mean or not? So mommy yeah. tends to be the person there. Just to uh, expand that on the daddy's fault, I mean, I suppose maybe 20 years ago, you know, fathers are not that, they don't really want to get so involved in bringing up children. You know, they know they're a father and they know their responsibilities, but not like fathers today who want to do everything. Even they want to change the pampers. They want to see to their needs and their food and everything. They're very much so involved. So do you think, Pushpa, maybe it's time to relook this uh, this law, do you I think? I totally agree with you. I absolutely agree with you that fathers are beginning to realize their role in their child's life and they want to participate a lot more. And if you look at it carefully now, you have got parents, fathers who are staying back to look after the child. There are fathers who are actually attending to the child's feed at all hours 
you know and uh, there are fathers who bathe the children take them to school uh, attend to their their homeworks attend to their tuitions the whole works lah and, and they are out there playing with their children you know whether it's a football or a walk in the park or cycling uh, whilst mummy is actually cooking they are participating they are contributing there is no doubt about it and that's why i am saying that it is about time that this awareness it should become a little bigger in the society that that fathers are actually playing a very important role in the child's social uh, skills and their emotional skills and what not and they need to actually have a say in a lot of decision making processes where the child is concerned when they are no longer in a happy marriage that's important mm. and of course the one that is most affected when a separation or divorce happens is the child So how how would you let's talk about the joint custody that you mentioned earlier what does joint custody actually mean is it very much different from when we are advocating for shared parenting it is it is exactly what you mean when you when you talk about shared parenting okay it could be a situation where uh, the two of them equally take part in the day to day activity of the child yeah so it could be a situation like for example it happens in 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 the us where the children are living in a house it could be the matrimonial home they don't get shifted from one end to the other so it is the parents who take turns to come into that home to look after the children and care for the children in the same home so it could be a week where the mother comes in and uh, her duty is over and then the following week the father comes in so the children don't move huh? so their lifestyle is still stable maintained their books are all on the shelf their bed is there their deco is there they don't have to like uh, go from one home to another and you know be in a little difficult situation where oh i forgot to bring my book i forgot to bring this book i forgot to bring my 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 ballet shoes i forgot to bring my piano book you know all these problems don't arise so it is literally shared parenting there in that sense another way of looking at it is where the child may be living with the father or the mother so the parent who does not have the child living with him or her physically is still sharing custody meaning the decision making process over important factors in the child's life i.e. mainly the education the health and the social factors relating to the child so it can be shared parenting in that sense too so it's it's really up to the parents how they want to work it out because the court is not going to order shared parenting as it stands at the moment it's not going to happen at the best we would have is the court may decide on joint custody it's a rare thing that the court would decide on but generally if it's a situation where there is joint custody it would be a situation where the parents themselves have come to terms and agreed on joint terms they have agreed to the terms they have agreed consciously that they will share those decision making processes how rare is rare Yeah, very rare. Hmm. Very so, rare. Hmm. Not not from the judge. Not so usually, what happens? Coming from the judge. Yeah. So usually, what happens okay. in a court is just one of one of the other fighting for custody, and that's it. And then just visitation usually, rights. 
usually that is the case usually that is the case and uh, quite often like for example when i represent generally when i represent men i always suggest prayers for joint custody you know to ask for joint custody and when i have met ladies when i represent mothers uh, it sometimes is not easy so i do try and talk to them and see if they are agreeable to joint custody because it would be good for the children and i do try and tell them don't put it this way la don't let the guys off easily you know get them to be responsible for the children too why do you want to take on all the responsibility yourself you know it shouldn't be as easy as just giving money let them also sweat it out let them worry about the education let them worry about everything else and in fact the guys want to worry about these things it's just that <laughs> uh some women are not allowing it mm-hmm. you know so that's the difficulty we have and uh, again like i said judges have to become more aware of fathers rights too they really have to start looking at this more equally i would say exactly so you mentioned that now guys want to be more involved and uh, one of the frequent um, issues that we hear in the uh, from the members is that uh, some may have uh, once in two weeks visitation rights some may have one day some may have even just one hour i mean pushpa why is there so much of inconsistency cannot there be some uh, some structure or something more more solid yeah i i wish it uh, it could be but uh, you know if you're dealing with the traffic offense it's much easier okay if you speed mm. from between this speed to that speed you get fined uh, maybe 300 to 350 and uh, if you speed uh, a little higher then you may get disqualifying points it's it's so mm. fixed and you know roughly this is the, the the what you call the punishment that you would probably get if you speed in this uh, in this range but unfortunately with the children you're dealing with emotions it's emotions all around no? father mother and the child and it's really really difficult dealing with emotions and sometimes i do actually my heart actually does go out to the judges sometimes because at the end of the day if you think about it it is not so much that the parties who are on trial it is the judge who is on trial mm. it is the judge who yeah. has to make this very difficult decision as to what she wants to do and i don't think it's easy for her either Mm-hmm. So going back to your answer I would say it's very much emotion based you cannot have a very clear cut pattern and tailor your dress generally for everyone it has to be very specific to this particular family this particular child and taking into consideration the parents uh, ability to look after the child but having said that uh, i i do admit that i've had many rough cases especially representing men where access decisions are so questionable you wonder why what is it that triggers this is it the judge's mindset herself is she very much uh, does she strongly believes that the mother would be a better uh, person to control this child and uh, it's enough for the father to see the child over the weekend and every alternate weekend and that should be fine or is it the lawyer's ability and skill to argue in such a way that they are able to persuade the judge to think 
in that direction or is it just the facts of the case uh one reading of it seems to suggest that hey no this this is all the father deserves i don't know i really don't know i i hope i could become a judge one day <laughs> to be able to to see it from that side of it you know what is it that triggers and uh, i i wish you could even interview a judge one day but it's never yeah. going to be possible <laughs> but i i would love to know what is it that runs in their mind other yeah, than the law but the law is so straightforward it's very interesting what you just brought up and uh, just for the sake of our listeners or viewers watching this i just want to recap that what you just said because you know you on one hand you've got the subjectivity of the the judge and you know how he or she sees things you know and then you you have the lawyers who's you know uh, intelligent or smart on how they want to fight the case and bring the case forward to win the best uh, things for their clients and and then there's just the law that states what you can do and what you cannot do so there's there's really a lot going on there and it's not very easy to come up with a, a decision and knowing that that decision is so very important for that child who's future is you know is depending on the outcome of this it's quite yeah, a yeah. it's a question of whether you take an objective view mm. or you take a subjective view do we standardize it fathers will have only this number of uh, access uh, it is like it's like that's it every alternate weekend you can mm. pick the child up either on fr- in some lucky cases friday evening after school or in some cases mon- saturday morning and return the child in some cases by 3 o'clock uh, because the judge might think that the child should come back and uh, settle down before she goes to school on monday or sometimes some case in some cases no 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 have dinner with your daddy and come back at 8 o'clock and then you'll have the mother there uh, jumping and fretting saying that no that's too late the child needs to go to bed by 9 o'clock mm. she needs to unwind she needs to shower and get ready for school and so 8 o'clock is too late so yeah what is the best time that the child should come home <laughs> who is the child with anyway yeah it's with the child is with the father why so much of fuss over it you and, know a reasonable yeah. time i'm sure the father given the reasonableness th- this is the other problem you need the parents to be reasonable about mm. it you need the father also to be reasonable about it so you have got fathers who it could number one could be out of spite no i'm not going to send the child back early yeah. or it could be that i don't have enough time with my child so every single minute matters to me so if i can push the boundaries to 9 o'clock or even 11:55 night i will push it and return the child at 11:55 night if i can just if the judge says that return the child on sunday you know what i mean yeah. so it very difficult yeah. because you're dealing with a lot of emotions yeah. so that emotions has to be catered for Yes. And that is why what you just brought up when we talked about shared parenting, the couple of scenarios that you gave. That's why that is uh, so crucial and so important if we can achieve that here in Malaysia. But because we can't we can't see that happening in the, the near future, uh, Pushpa, what do you think needs to happen? What needs to change in the system? I I think it is great and the best thing that has happened so far uh in recent times is the fathers rights association if you ask me i mean i i'm not saying this uh for any reason but sincerely because we have got 
so many women's rights organizations and if it's any if the minute a woman loses custody you will have everyone up in arms asking why what went wrong why didn't the mother get custody but it's not the other way around you know what i mean or not yeah. uh, so yeah. uh, so why the fuss when a father gets custody so this is the difficulty we have and i hope uh, the fathers rights organization would look at these uh, look at this whole problem in a very objective way uh, take steps to bring in a lot more awareness about how fathers feel and why they feel they want more time with the children and uh, perhaps uh, we need more child psychologists and people like that coming into the the forum to to speak about how important it is for the child to have good close association and bonding equally with the father and the mother i think the organization need to push for law reforms perhaps set up more conferences on these areas it can happen it it is workable uh, many countries have done it mm-hmm. and i don't see uh, our malaysian fathers as being any different they can push it if they want to it's just a question of time and uh, given the space i believe they will be able to do it so so my view is it's great that we have this platform and i think i also believe strongly that judges have to start changing their mindsets and looking at things differently they have to go with the flow the social flow and what is happening in our society right now because like like we've talked earlier that um, men now are becoming or fathers now are becoming more involved in the bringing up of their children and we need to to tell that narrative to let the judge see that this is the reality that's happening now uh, i'm just assuming i've i've not been to a case uh, in court like this but um usually the lawyers do you all fight to present the the capability of the parent or the father mother or the incapability of the other parent <laughs> if you know what i okay. mean okay usually this is what the fight is all about the father will stand on one end and say i'm the better parent and the mother would stand on the other end and say she's the better parent so you have got the father and mother here presenting themselves to the judge as the better parent it is just so difficult for them to think that they can be equal parents and the minute the parents also change their mindset things will improve lawyers also should start thinking differently i mean sometimes some parents actually can resolve their problem and you'll be surprised the spoilers are sometimes the lawyers in between i'm so mm. sorry to say this but it is a fact that you will have a lawyer there who will encourage a party to fight so that will be said that is actually a sad scenario so i think lawyers should also uh, start changing their mindset to understand that this is a family problem and that they should be the first to encourage parties if possible to mediate to sit together and talk about it put the child's picture right on the table or the children's picture right on the table get the parties into a room sit down and talk about the problem each time they start fighting pick up the card the picture and point it to them i think that should be the the position they should take 
to resolve this problem or at least try and resolve the problem. If you can't, then take it to the judge. Well said, uh, Pushpa. Certainly, uh, we, we hope for all these changes in perception. First of all, like you said, not just the judges and lawyers, but also the parents itself should now start to have a new look, new perspective, new view at things happening. Okay, Pushpa, I think uh, we've answered some of the questions from the members already and I'm sure there'll be more questions to come. And also, yeah. our, con- our conversation on how we can you know, create more awareness and to the parents, judges, lawyers and everybody else, I think it's important, as you said. So maybe we can have you back on the show sometime, sometime later again. Anytime. Okay, thank you, Pushpa, and uh, we'll speak to you again. Thank you so much, Kevin. It was so enjoyable talking to you. Take care. Thank you. 